What's up, everyone? I'm Johnny. And I'm Elliot. And welcome to the Sport Mind Avenue podcast, the intersection of all things currently happening in sports and the psychological impacts it can have on athletes in the community. And if you want to learn more about how to improve your mental understanding of sports, or you just wish to view more podcasts like this one, then go check out mind-designsports.org and get your head in the game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Sport Mind Avenue podcast, the intersection of all things currently happening in sports and the mental impacts it can have on athletes in the community. On today's episode, we're talking about Marcelo Zuna's arrest, Kyrie getting smoked with a water bottle. Uh, we also have Ben coming back this week, so we have a Ben's breakdown segment that you're not going to want to miss. And we also make our own ranking list for the toughest things to do in sports. So now, Elliot, Ben, how are we doing today? Good. Guys well. Pretty sad right. that the Celtics lost. Ah, you know what? We'll, we'll dive into that a little bit because I'm a depressed Heat fan right now. Yeah. <laughs> he Heat were going a while ago though. <laughs> hey, game one was optimism. Game one, game one was optimism, but you know, after that, it was just. Yeah, it still hurts though. Yeah, it's just tough. The box, the box, route for vengeance this year. I actually have a story to tell you before we get started. So, last Saturday, I went out golfing for pretty much the first time, aside from a driving range. And uh, I had a bet going with my dad where if I got five best balls, we would, uh, he would give me a hundred bucks to put towards some golf clubs. So I was like, all right, sounds good. I'm trash at golf, but I'm sure I could get either a driver or putt to, you know, look a little nice. So we're going and I'll just kind of speed up a little bit. So I have four best balls going into the final hole. We were only playing nine today because we had stuff to do. And um, so I ripped this driver shot. And it gets just over the water and onto what I thought was like a sand, like bank area. So uh, I was walking over to it and I hot and mind you, we're on a golf course. So I'm not dressed like a, like a slob. Like I got khakis on, I got a collared shirt and I'm wearing my white air force ones because I don't have golf shoes. So I go to get the ball and I hear a squish and I just go, Oh no, like I'm going to have to clean these a little bit, whatever. Well, then I got that foot stuck a little bit and I started to fall forward and I fell into knee deep mud. Oh, so my air force ones, which were formerly white became dark Brown and I had to soak them in like a bunch of stuff. But I actually have a good picture, and since we got webcam video, everyone will be able to see it. But it was just absolute torture by my family the rest of the day. I was sipping on some some high noons, so I was just not in a good mental space. But this is what we're working with here. Oh, my God. So hey, I, hey, I am underground in that picture. That, that goes to show that's why I never get white shoes. Just just that that is why I don't get them. I just got two pairs of white shoes the other day. So needless to say, I mentally checked myself out of the bet that I had with my dad. Um I completely lost all composure. My hundred dollar shoes were ruined for about an hour. 
and yeah, I don't have a hundred bucks going to, towards some golf clubs. So pretty tough, but you know, we overcome. So that, that's my little story for the beginning of the podcast. What, what hole were you on? When that happened, mm-hmm. I was on the ninth hole, our last hole of the day. Oh. <laughs> it was brutal. I walked out barefoot. Everyone's like, what's wrong? I just held up my shoes. <laughs> I was defeated. Oh my God, that's... Were you close? To winning the bet? Yeah. Yeah, I needed one more best ball. And at that uh... point, I was on fire. And I was so pissed when I got out of the water that I smoked this iron shot. Again, I don't really know much about golf, but I was using an iron. So I smoked this iron shot and it rolled to the back of the green. The only good iron shot I hit that day was was when I was pissed about it. And then my dad out best balled me and he made the putt from like 20 feet out. So, you know, it was a tough experience. Not really used to losing that often, but it happened. <laughs> I lost full. So, yeah. But uh, let's go ahead and get into the topics so it's not too long of an episode. So, I want to dive into Marcelo Zuna's shocking arrest. I don't know if you guys have been following the story that closely, but essentially, this dude is an absolute scumbag. And he beat his wife in front of the cops, threatened to kill her. There's allegedly a knife involved. Uh, I heard he slapped her with a cast. There, it's just not good. So I think we need to kind of break this story down a little bit, uh, evaluate some impacts it'll have throughout different levels of the org and fan base. So I think that would be a good place to start with it. Yeah, well, here, listen, I mean, Marzell Zuna is another just unfortunate event. Um, I mean, had a lot of talent, uh, two-time All-Star, you know. Last mm-hmm. year, probably had his best season in that 60-game season. You know, I, I think last year was kind That's of true. a season. But the guy, what a, what a year last year, comes in. He gets a four-year contract with $64 million And now, signs that back in February. And now, what were you thinking? In front of a car. Look, I loved Marcelo Zuna when he was on the Marlins. And then, like, you get caught doing it. Like, you're a scumbag, bro. Like, it's just pitiful. On a pretty – I mean, the Braves had a little bit of a slow start this year. But on a pretty good Braves team here, you could contribute to a championship in Atlanta. Like, what are you thinking? Like, in front of a cop. Not not just, like – not just, like, you know, he was – He was doing it already when the cops came in. So he had already, like, went at her, pushed her against the wall, started choking her. And then the cops came in and saw him choking her. So we didn't, like, see the cop and do it. She had already came. But, I mean, you look at that, that's just a betrayal and trust uh, with your whole team, the front office, everyone involved in the org. You lost all faith. Uh, any support you had is absolutely gone because no one tolerates that anymore. And then the fan base wants him decapitated pretty much. I don't blame him. Uh, It's absolute BS what he did. And there's clearly tons of impacts that this has on the Braves future success. Uh, Again, money numbers, revenue, attendance, because he was a big factor of that team. 
And yet you have young stars like Acuna, Albies. Well, they can't score as much or do as much damage without Marcelo Zuna in the lineup. So it's going to be an interesting switch for these guys and seeing one of their best players have to leave the entire org. Well, you know, more tea about this whole situation is that Zuna's wife had been arrested last year for striking him with a soap dish. So she went to the she went to jail for the same thing. So do we know if it's the could the story have been reversed? Yeah, well, that, I mean that that I've actually never heard that before. So that's a really good detail to know. Um, but just for the for the Braves, I mean, what a what a just unfortunate event. I mean, this guy, I guess, I was getting paid a lot of money. Um, the Braves, you know, have the have the uh, roster to win, but. Ozuna was one of the biggest keys of how good that team was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and now without him, I mean, it looks like he's not going to be, I mean, he's probably going to be making a Ray Rice exit, you know? No, nah, this one man's day. definitely facing jail time. There's no way he, like he did it in front of cops. Like it's one thing to be like, Oh yeah. Like there, there was a potential domestic violence situation. Like, no, the cops saw him do this. This man is done. He has no more career. I hope he doesn't come back. I hope he doesn't get the opportunity. He's a scumbag. If his girl's laying hands on him, she's a scumbag. They're both scumbags. Oh, yeah. They're both gone. I'm done with it. Like, that's completely unacceptable. It really is. I mean, it's just a waste of talent right there. It just goes to show. I mean, can't even – you can be good at anything, but you if you, you can't get away with stuff like that, you know. I don't care if your wife – I mean, clearly, I mean, they just add marriage because uh, – that. I mean, I think he was going through her phone, and then while well, she was in the shower, and then she came out and saw it and tried to get it back, and then he wouldn't give it back. But, I mean, if, even if he found something, like, you're going to hit her for that? It's just like, you're, you're a multi-million dollar person. You can just go away. Just let it go. I, I'm just, I can't. And, I mean, it must have been some serotonin issues in there. Must have been like going down a wrong path, and it must have been leading up to this because you know to to result in something like that, you have to you have to build up a lot of steam. Well, I mean, yeah, you bring up the point about how his girl used to hit him too, and she got arrested for the same thing. Like, if that's your situation, break up. What are we do- like? Why are yeah. you doing this to yourselves? Like, there's no need to get physical. Just break up. You're done. It's over. Like well, the toxicity can't happen. There, uh, I mean, he does have three kids with her. Maybe that's it's for the kids. I mean, the kids are not going to be looking good now. Their dad's probably going to jail. So maybe he doesn't want to divorce her because then she gets some of his money. Alimony, yeah, I and mean, that that could be that's a thing true. Alimony, yeah, like, ah, like we got to deal with this. Well, it could be an open relationship. Or something. Uh, but I, I feel like we're going to be talking about this a lot more as we see more of the development of the situation. I don't know. I think he's going to fall off the face of the earth now until the trial, at least. I I just can't believe it because I really did like him. So this is just pitiful to see now. Are you a Marlins fan? Uh, No, I'm not. But like we live close to Miami. So it's like you got to support him. Is the park nice? I just asked a random question. How's the ballpark? It's it's really nice. Okay. I was just one of my favorites. Four years, five years ago. Yeah, 
it looks cool that's why i was asked just yeah no it's it's really cool i do kind of miss the home run machine though just because yeah, of how is, ridiculous it was well, it's just that? ridiculous. Like, well, there's it, no well, need there was, for that. I'm, I'm just a big ballpark guy. I mean, oh, because it's like that. That was cool. It was like Miami. That's what Miami's like. That was like so Miami. Like the, I don't know. It, was, it looked cool. What hitting hitting homers, hitting dingers out of there? <laughs> Listen, if you got the opportunity to watch it in person, which I did, it was so sick. <laughs> like watching everything yeah, move on it, it was cool. Yeah. I don't know. They had the Omar Derby there, right? Yeah. yeah. That I was remember, so I sick, too. Back in 2012, like, one more before we go, and, like, back in 2012 when they opened that ballpark, and I was like, damn, this is some new – like, this mm-hmm. is, like, 10 years ago already, but, God, I was like, this is some new – this is a cool-ass ballpark, you know? I was like, holy crap. Like, yeah. it was next generation. Because I, I really think that the Marlins Park was one of the first, like – it was, like, the first ballpark, like, in the 2010s to be built, and it's – Really, just it was like one of the more sophisticated, like just nice looking modern ballparks. I was like, wow. So, and it was just Miami. So it looks so Miami with the green and, like you said, the home run thing in the outfield. And the, you know, the sculpture out there they got rid of. I don't know why. Some people called it ugly, but I thought it was cool. <laughs> it is nice. I mean, it, it is kind of like weird to look at, but like it, it was just interesting. It was different. Yeah, that's what makes it unique. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Who wants to bring in topic two for the day? Well, as a Celtics fan, and Elliot, I'm sure you want to say your word here too, but let's just Kyrie Irving. Oh God, this guy just makes so much freaking news everywhere he goes. It's drama, 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 drama. <laughs> so I, 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 I can't, I hope the Nets get, I can't stand this man. And I'll tell you, here's the thing. Well, Kyrie yeah. Irving gets hit by a water, I a water bottle. He didn't not even a, get not hit. Even a beer bottle, not even he a glass bottle. Hit. It missed them. It missed them. Exactly. It missed them. Like, it didn't even hit them. You want to give the whole summary on the situation, and then I'll, I'll kind of spit so, my piece of how pretty I much feel what happened was. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Pretty much what happened was, this is where I get excited, because I have it my <laughs> team. The Nets win. Nets were the better team in this series. The Celtics were injured. And even James Harden said it last night when the Nets won and closed out the series. James Harden's like, they had like, so many missing guys. I mean, they played tough against us for what they had. But Nets get the big dub on, on Sunday night, as expected. Kyrie gets booed all game because he's a bum. He did not – he was a bad teammate with Boston. I don't care what Marcus Smart and Tatum say. Yeah, they were friendly off the court, I guess, a little bit. But he was a bad teammate. He was bad for Tatum's development. He was bad for Jalen Brown's development. He had bad He had a bad attitude. He, I think he's bipolar. What the things he says back and forth, even Nets teammates last year were saying he was being mean to them, you know. And but pretty much what happened was the Nets win. Kyrie stomps on Lucky on the logo, just disrespect, and then walks in some salty Celtics fan who shouldn't have thrown anything. It shouldn't be throwing things anyway. Threw an empty water bottle at him and missed him. And Kyrie, he turned around. Um, and he was like, woo, 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 woo. And then walked back into the locker room. But then, but then at the press conference, he started playing the race card and all this stuff. And listen, this is where I, you can't, I'm maybe like, I, I, you know, this could offend people. The thing is, is Boston, yes, has had racial racism issues in past years, especially when it comes to sports. You know, Fenway Park, for example, yeah, Adam, Adam Jones. Jones. That was wrong. They, someone was just saying the N word to him and, 
you know, that's wrong. Boston in general has had racism throughout the years. It's one of the whiter cities in America. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's not, it's getting better. I, Boston's definitely leaning more. It's getting in the right direction. I mean, um, but Kyrie Irving, the way he was going out about all this stuff, like this was, uh, what, what was the quote he said about on like something about racism and like he was saying they treat us like animals and all this. And I was just like, dude, like chill out. And, and even Jalen Brown, um, a couple, a couple African-American former NBA players called him out. One being Jalen Brown, who was a big BLM, who was a huge BLM activist. He drove to Georgia last year to protest. Jalen Brown even said, yes, there is systemic racism in Boston. There, there's strides to be made everywhere. And, and this goes for everywhere in the U.S. But Jalen Brown still came out and said, like, this had nothing to do with this. This What you're saying about racial stuff at this in these games the other night. Kyrie's hated in Boston for one reason. He was a bum. He he was impulsive. He lied to the fans. Oh, oh I want to I want to play the rest of my career. It's Boston. You're if you piss off Boston fans, you're going to be hated for the rest of your life. It's it's deal with it, man. You pissed off Celtic fans. You came up short. You had the team to win. You had Gordon Hayward, um Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. You had the team and you didn't come up you, you lost in the second round. Not even you lost the team before the team before that you were out. They made it farther than you did the year you were there. I'm done saying what I have to say, but he is a bum. He's hated in Boston, not because he's black, because he is a bum and he is a not, he is not a winner. I don't care if the Nets win this year. He has two MVPs on his team, period. The full out passion in that. Yeah, I just had, I had, I had to go off on him. Uh, uh, do you mind if I give you my outsider perspective and then you can run your sure. piece? Yeah. So as an outsider, not a Celtics fan, um, I've been following Kyrie's career uh, pretty diligently, I'd say. He's one of the guys that I've known ever since he's been in the league. Uh, Yeah, I don't like him. So basically, you lie to all the Celtics fans, talk shit about your teammates, the organization, Proceed to stomp on the logo after winning a game. Uh, dude, you're just a, a scumbag. Celtic, like, listen, yeah. I, I understand there's racism in sports. It's something we have to fix. This has nothing to do with race. Celtics fans just do not like Kyrie. He's a scumbag to them. They hate him. It is not a race card type thing. Yeah, he – okay, well, before we keep moving on into this, I, this guy just got charged with assault with a deadly weapon for like a quarter full water bottle. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, are, what are we doing? 21. Is, are we making an example of this guy because he threw something at someone we don't like? This man like, drunk at a game. He knows going on. He's 21. And he had close to the bottom row seats. Like, uh, assault is one thing. Like, yeah, it is assault to throw the water bottle at a person, but it's not a deadly weapon. No but one's this dying goes, from getting hit with a water bottle. This goes to the league, too. They shouldn't use this kid as an example of, of all the, the throwing that's been going on. We're going to charge this guy with with assault with a deadly weapon for a water bottle, something that you, as the league, sold him. You sold him that weapon. <laughs> if you want to bring it up as that. Yeah, I'm going to take this moment to join the spin on this like many other people 
where we institute a rule that gives NBA players the option to fight one fan a year. (laughs) And we get to watch these fights like the Malice in the Palace. And I get to watch Kyrie fight the water bottle guy. That would be entertaining. I'd watch that all day. It would make basketball way more fun. But, I mean, to just say what you're saying, using, uh, like, a reasoning that makes no sense, like, you got to know you're not liked in Boston. So you got to know people, like, are coming for you. They don't like you. You lied to them. I don't like liars. Jimmy Butler lied to me and didn't want to play at the Heat. I'd be like, damn, like, F you, Jimmy. Get out of here. So... I see both sides, but it, at this point, it's just ridiculous that we're using the race card for this. It It's just not, it doesn't make sense to me. It's not, like, it just doesn't seem like an act of racism. I like, do you guys see that? Um, and um, I want to, I actually want to go, I want to go back to Jalen Brown, someone who I really respect as a person. Uh, Jalen Brown, you know, went to Cal Berkeley very educated. He's an educated, uh, educated black man. And I really want to just say that here's something he said in this article from ESPN. He says, I saw, um, he's here. Here's where he goes. However, I do not like the manner it was brought up centering around a playoff game construct the constructive racism, right? It's used as a crunch or an opportunity to execute a personal game. I'm not saying that's the case, but I do think racism is bigger than basketball. And I do think racism is bigger than game three of the playoffs. So yes, Jalen Brown, again, was saying that racism is an issue in Boston and all over the country. That's the thing. But he did not, like, he was like, Kyrie, what are you talking about? What is, this has nothing to do, this game tonight had nothing to do with racism. I just, you know, and and I, and again, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and you were saying Kyrie should fight that guy with the water ball. How about Glenn Davis calling him out? Big baby Davis saying he wants to scrub against Kyrie. I was like, damn, like, I loved yeah, basketball, it. Basketball, like, boxing now. It's going to be mean, so Davis, great. You know what? You know what? And I'm going to get into this later about hockey and basketball players. Just to show you, Kyrie is so soft. Like, this guy, dude, <laughs> you're playing in an arena. You're making millions of dollars. Oh, you don't even have to hit anyone. We're not even – you know, it's basketball. Oh, my God. Don't even, don't even get me started <laughs> on soft how soft the playoffs have been this year. You Did you watch last night's game? I don't care. The Nets were the better team. It was soft. They gave baby James Harden – I, I call him baby J- literally James Harding. I, I don't think that man does that mean he get he can get like literally invisibly tapped and that guy gets a foul. You know, mm-hmm. it's enough. Like, yeah, and then you got Jason Tatum getting like pestered by three people and not getting called. That's different. But Kyrie Irving, it's just this guy is just drama. Like he's a he, everywhere he goes, it's drama, drama, drama. Cleveland, Brooklyn, Boston, anywhere he goes, drama. And I, again, I really hope the Nets. Choking this next round, I, I I don't I have I go to school with a lot of Bucks fans. I don't even like the Bucks. God, I hope Giannis posterizes him in the playoffs. I hope he posterizes Kyrie. All of them, Durant, all of them. Just I can't stand <laughs> all three of them. I mean, that's a fair all point. Drama queens. That's why they work well together. They do, and they all lose together too. Yeah. All right. Well, that segment brought to you by Celtics fans and the extra Heat fan. Um. Now moving on to something that also revolves around the Celtics. Today's Ben's breakdown. So, Ben, you want to take it away? Yeah, okay. So, guys, uh, big, you know, after last night's loss, which was respected, you know, Preston got the game five. Danny Ainge steps down. 
as the GM and president of the Boston Celtics. Very shocking. Woke up this morning, got a text from my dad, I think, going, and I'm like, Danny Ainge gone? And, and then it's like Brad Stevens promoted as GM and president of operations. And I'll tell you what, I like this move as a Celtics fan. One day, not even 12 hours after the game ends, and they're making moves already. I'm loving it. This team, this Celtics team has a lot of talent. Um, I do think Kemba Walker needs to get traded. I think he's not the man. Jalen Brown, Tatum, Tatum shows Tatum could be a an MVP player in this league. He's we get John Morant under a new coach. We're finished. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you want to bring John Morant into Boston, I, that that's a, that's a title they could win easily. Win. I would love a John Morant Celtics shirt. But I think the Celtics need a big man. That's my honest take. But uh, Danny, we well, got to get rid of Kemba was for someone. Yeah. Um. I think Tatum should just run the point, honestly, the way he, but, um, you know, no, back to Danny Ainge. I, I think it was the right, I think Danny Ainge realized that Danny Ainge did a lot. I, I don't blame Danny Ainge. I think he had, a, he was not good last year when he let Gordon Hayward walk. Um, um, I just, I think um, he lost the team a little bit. Um, he lost his way a little bit. He made some great trades. I mean, he did a great job. He built that 08 team. Um he he made some great trades with he got rid of he he not only did he acquire Ray Allen and, and uh, Paul Pierce he traded Paul Pierce and Garnett and got Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum through draft picks so that's that's you can't get mad at him about that um but these last couple years I mean this last year um he he, he did a good job he handled the Kyrie situation well he signed Kemba I mean he did the best he could have done mm-hmm. but he let Hayward walk he could have gotten Miles Turner did not get Miles Turner that I think really haunted him just seeing our big man situation. Robert Williams is good, but really injury prone. Um, but there is an article I found from newsweek.com and Danny, Ainge, I don't know if you remember this, Elliot, he had a heart attack two years ago. And there was an article that this article really says that maybe the reason why he stepped down was he, uh, he realized that it was a lot of stress for him, especially with COVID after COVID hit, you know, he's an, he's at over six, he's over 60 years old. And I think, he there even says a thing today where he said he wasn't having fun anymore doing his job. Uh, he was really stressed. Um, and I think that could be a huge reason mentally why he left being the, the uh, GM and president of the Celtics was just because of his heart, maybe as a heart issue. Cause that's a lot, a lot of coaches and play uh, and GMs have retired because of heart issues, you know, like urban Meyer stepped down for a few years because of he had a heart issue. Um, so, I mean, this, the, if this comes out that he because of his heart and stuff like that, I totally respect that for Danny Ainge retiring, you know. And I think it's going to be a good move for the Celtics. I think, like, I think Danny, Danny, Danny lost his way a little bit. I do. I think he lost his way. And I think Brad is a basketball – I think he's a basketball geek. I think Brad's going to do well. Hopefully we find a good coach. I personally think, before I let it to you guys, I personally think that we need a player's coach. I think the NBA, as we're seeing, Kevin Durant, all these stuff, all these super teams. We need a players coach. Look at Steve Nash in Brooklyn. I think Celtics. I, Kevin Garnett did deny that he did not does not want to coach, but bring in someone like Jason Kidd. Bring in someone like some players coach that Tatum and Brown can gravitate to. Like bring in some legend. Chauncey Billups. I saw was an idea. Bring in Chauncey Billups. Someone Chauncey Billups played for the Celtics. I mean, any someone like that. But what do you guys think? I definitely think that it was a great move. I think that Danny Ainge is getting old. He was, uh, he's the only GM that's won a championship as a GM and a coach, which is pretty cool. Um, but I think Brad's- and a, pl- and a player. And he won as a player. With the 80s, he won uh, two titles with Bird. Mm-hmm. About that, yeah. 
and I think it's good that Brad Stevens is stepping away because I think we're having a slight rebuild, not a full rebuild, but a repositioning of all the team of all the players. And I think like, just like you said, we do need a player coach. And I think Chauncey Billups would be a great addition to our team uh, or, or uh, Jason Kidd. And listen, Chauncey Billups, he won, remember, he won a title in Detroit. I mean, he's a winner, winning, mm-hmm. winning player. Um, with with that, that Detroit team beat Kobe and Shaq. I mean, people forget how good that Pistons team was uh, overachieved. And, you know, you got to remember. So Chauncey Billups is a winning a winning mentality, and I really would like that to happen. I mean, I love Kevin Garnett. I think Kevin Garnett would be a great coach. But he's, and he's also a hard ass. He's a hard ass, too. He's a motivator. He's a, he was a great leader on those 08, 09, 10 Celtics teams. So, I mean – too bad KG turned it, but Conti Billups would be a great acquisition. Yeah, I mean, um, Jason Kidd was the coach for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, which are two amazing players, and I think that they're two players that could revolve around uh, Jalen Brown, uh, Jason Tatum as kind of the same positioning when he when it comes down to coaching. No. Yeah, I agree. Um, moving the offseason. Either Chauncey or Jason Kidd. You know, you look at Jason Kidd's background, the relationships this guy has. Like, if I'm Boston, I'm looking to try and get him as my next head coach. You know, he'll be able to facilitate the offense pretty well. You know, he'll line the players up where they need to be played. Like, I think Jason Kidd's going to be the next guy in Boston. That's just my opinion. Chauncey Billups would not be shocked, but definitely keep Jason Kidd on the radar for the future. Yeah. Um, and just the Celtics are a team, I think, that just – I mean, I was going to – this is – I was going to say that – look at Philly, guys. I mean, Philly, number one seed in the East. Remember last year they got swept by the Celtics in the first round. They got destroyed. I mean, that that's – look at Philly. They fired Brent Brown. They went out. They kind of rebuilt the team around Embiid, just like we should do with Tatum. It's the same. I think the Celtics and Sixers of last year are very similar in the sense of there's so much talent there. But just rebuild the team around. They rebuilt the team around Simmons and Embiid. They got some outside shooters like Seth Curry. Um, Cormaz has improved. Um, like stuff like that. You know, that's what the, the Celtics need to rebuild the team. They have the guards. They have the like. They have Brown. They have Tatum. If you want to keep Kemba, sure. But get him. Maybe get some guys inside. Some bigs that can stay healthy. And we need someone like that who can defend. Yeah, big, big problems for uh, for a few years. I mean, since Perk has been gone, we've had big problems. You know. <laughs> I mean, it hasn't been fixed, you know. That's the one thing Danny Ainge never really did was he never fixed the big man issue. We always had great guards and forwards, but we never had a good big. And Perk was like – Perk wasn't even a star. He just was a great big. He was a championship winning – he was a defensive center who we needed in those runs. Um, I, again, I always say this in 2010, if if Perk didn't go down, Celtics won the championship, and Kobe has four rings instead of five. Celtics were the better team in that series. Um, Perk was a huge issue because in that 2010 finals, I don't know if you guys were, I mean, we were probably I was 10 years old or nine years old when that happened. But I remember watching all the games. They, the Lakers had, we had KG, but the Lakers had Pau Gasol and Bynum and they destroyed us in those last two games in that mm-hmm. series. I mean, Perk was a key. And that's, and that's the thing. If we haven't had a big since that, and I think that's what's been holding us back these last 10 years. Yeah. I if mean, that happens, we'll be immediate contenders. Absolutely. Based off last year, but we had to face a, a strong Brooklyn Nets team now. Yeah, and we got, yeah, we got unlucky playing the, the freaking Nets in the first round. I mean, we, we put even the Bucks or the 
I mean, the Bucs looked pretty good too, but the Sixers, I think we could have won a game. I still think we could have we could have uh, edged by the Bucs. No. No. I don't no think shot. No shot. The Bucs are brutal. That was uh, – watching that as a Heat fan, uh, that put a hole in my heart. Yeah, you so, guys got – Yeah, that was, that was a tough one. Um, look for Lillard to come join the Heat. That's my that's my next move. Dame <laughs> um, Lillard put on a performance. He that's put on my a show move. yesterday. Dame Lillard is a he did. Oh my god! You had everyone in the league cry out for him, saying how good he did. Damian Lillard is not leading Portland though. Like Damian Lillard loves Portland. twelve. Twelve for sixteen from three. He was last so night. He he had like a seventy percent shot or sixty percent shot throughout the whole game. In the double OT, they would have gotten that him the last possession on the double OT. He would have done it twice in a row. <laughs> Seconds left. What else you got on your breakdown today, Ben? Yeah, so my number two segment is about full arenas coming back. I mean, let's go. This this has been waited for 14 months. And I am so privileged to be at the TD Garden on Saturday night against the Boston Bruins versus the New York Islanders. Full arena. God, was it loud. And God, was it just so nice to be back in an arena with fans just screaming, chanting things, being, being, just being in a Boston, full game in a Boston game. It's just fans saying things. I mean, that's the thing about the Celtics there night. Kyrie is all sensitive. Full arena in Boston, you got to deal with that, man. I mean, they're gonna, I think you should have to deal with that everywhere. We're paying you millions of dollars. Yeah. Like, I mean, you, we can at least heckle you. We don't want you to win. Yeah. I mean, we can heckle you. I mean, thing is, like, or is. I, mean, we can I don't want to say bottles. the wrong thing again because <laughs> there should be no racist chants in arenas. There should be no N words to players. There should be no whatever sexist jokes. There's a sexist joke towards John Morant and three fans at a jazz game got kicked out. But that's what I'm saying. That shouldn't be okay. I'm just saying, why not cheer for your team? Say you suck. That's 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 freedom of speech. You said. So what, would you say that it's okay to say like f the refs? I re- I was listening to I think it was the a, BS to say BS. That, and that's you funny. could hear it behind the announcers. It yeah. was loud. I've never had a problem with saying f the refs while at a game. That's never been an issue. But God, I mean Atlanta. Atlanta is letting full capacity. I think New York. New York is not. New York is finally letting. It's gonna be nice to hear. Even I hate New York, but. It'll be finally nice to back. Hear. It'll be nice to yeah. New York fans. So I mean, it's it's finally here. I mean, we're finally we're back at it. I said it on the first podcast by the NBA Finals, full capacity. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think tickets are going to be extreme. I I would not be surprised if the NBA Finals fans were only from uh, frontline workers. I'd absolutely support that instead. So. I mean, a full arena full of nurses and and you know yeah from like just from, I would love from that. those that's what they did for the, the, the Super Bowl and actually up in uh, guys up in Canada because Canada is still being really precaution I don't I actually don't know why Canada is being more cautious in the U.S. There's less people in Canada, but uh, Canada's been a lot stricter about COVID. But I'm watching the Jets game, the Jet Winnipeg Jets uh, Montreal Canadiens team right now, and the only people they're letting in are frontline workers. So I really do like the idea of them letting it's in. Understandable, front. yeah. I mean, we respect that. You gotta let those people in first. Hey, do you think they'll be rowdy though? 
what the the frontline workers? Frontline workers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Frontline workers, and they're not from either of the teams that are in the. Well, I'm saying if it. I'm saying, dude, most of those people, most of those people yeah. from, from, like those cities are gonna be fans of that team, and that, which means they're gonna be rowdy. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, doesn't matter. I mean, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, got, all, the option would be like give all the frontline workers option to have the tickets and then sell them. Yeah, it, it's just so nice, it's, and then like. You know, I'm vaccinated too, and like just being in an arena with like at the Bruins game, and no one was wearing a mask, and in a good way. You know, I wasn't I wasn't worried yeah. about COVID. Like there was like like some of the ushers tried to tell us to wear a mask, but they didn't even care. They knew no one was gonna wear one. Like some lady came up with a little sign, like put your mask. And people started booing her. <laughs> she, left. she left because she knew. I mean, it was like why? Like why not? If you if you haven't got vaccinated yet, I don't know if you guys have been vaccinated. I mean, yeah. Have you guys gotten vaccinated yet? Mm-hmm. Exactly. If you if you haven't vaccinated yet, that's your choice. You're putting yourself at risk at that point. You don't have to. I mean, if you believe, if you think the vaccine is you sketchy, have the option. You have the full option to get a vaccine. Exactly. So I mean, if you don't want to get it, sure. But like, why can I? I mean, I don't think I should wear a mask if I got my shots. Why not? I got two shots, and you know, I like, did well, my part. I did my part. And yeah, like it just was nice to see no mask on. Like everyone was, it was like, it was normalcy guys. It, it was, was it was back to what we like to see in sports. But if you're a sports that, fan, you've been waiting for this for what? 14 months now. 14 so, months. But that also comes back to the That's 15 months Kyrie Irving situation. Are you going to get mad if they throw some stuff like around? Rowdy, they haven't seen a sports game live in, in a whole year. They haven't even seen it on TV in a whole year. So you- Ky- Kyrie is You're extra rowdy. I- I'm saying Kyrie has it coming everywhere he goes. Not even just Boston. He's hated mm-hmm. the most of Boston, but I mean Milwaukee. I, I wouldn't. But also been- like the the um the popcorn situation or the spitting. Yeah, dude, and the thing is, I think I think the popcorn was worse getting thrown food at you. And then I I've seen I've seen like in Browns games, there was people throwing beer bottles on the field one time. I mean, or Eagles games, like. People threw beer bottles, like glass bottles at players. And um, today I actually saw a post by uh, – it was on, it was David Andrews. Some Chiefs fan threw like a cup at him full of like coffee. David Andrews said nothing about it. <laughs> oh, my God. Be a freaking man, Kyrie. Like it not like – be a athlete. Oh, we're not animals. Yeah, you're not animals out there. But you're also getting paid a million dollars over – play a sport that you love. Right? And those <laughs> fans are paying – in the playoffs, especially, you're paying four hundred, five hundred dollars to sit down low and see you play. Guess what? No, four hundred, five hundred dollars is getting like the middle section. Middle section, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe even a thousand dollars. The thing is, yeah, that fan was probably drunk. He was a, he looked like a drunk young Boston fan. That guy deserved to be detained and get out of the arena because you you shouldn't be throwing things. But if you get stuff thrown at you, dude, get over it, man. It's just it was an empty water bottle. It wasn't even. It wasn't like a. And a full beer bottle. It wasn't food. It was an empty water bottle. The worst comes the worst. He would have gotten wet from water. Are you kidding me? Like, come on, man. I, I, I we can keep talking about Kyrie all night. I, I would just love. I would love. To see, I want. I, I do want to see what other fans, how like Milwaukee fans react to him too in the next series. You know, he's not liked around the league. Yeah, I mean, the guy. It's clear. The guy, wanted, <laughs> the guy wanted to get away from LeBron. I mean, how do you want to get away from the greatest player of our time? Doesn't make sense, you know. I don't know. Ron wants to get away from you. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's yeah. what it was. Maybe that was the whole thing. Got spun around in 2017. It was like LeBron actually doesn't like him. 
but like this was- all got blown way out of proportion um i don't see the race card actually making sense in this situation nor do i understand why it's a soul with a deadly weapon Oh my God. Uh, it was some drunk idiot who threw a bottle at Kyrie because he hates Kyrie, just like the rest of Boston. He's just the only and, one and dumb yeah. enough to throw something. You know, that's you're, just the way it is. If you're not a Nets fan, you don't like Kyrie. Or if you're not a Duke, there's like, I have friends that are Duke fast that like, he played 11 games with Duke and they're like, oh, I love Kyrie. It's like, play 11. He didn't even play a full season with Duke. You know, those either you're a Duke fan, you liked him in college, or you're a Nets fan at this point. Yeah. Kyrie is one of the most hated people in the league. And like I said, Kyrie, he was he he went right to his mischievous Kyrie ways. He's like, let's play I think he really went, let's play the race card. And that's why I think people like Kevin Garnett, and people, again, he stomped on a logo. He I mean, people like Kevin Garnett, um, Glenn Davis, and Jalen Brown called him out on it. Like there is racism in sports. There is racism at stadiums. I'm sure, like I told you this, Adam Jones in 2016 or 15 at Fenway Park, that was wrong. There is There has been racism in arenas in this year, apparently, with John Moran and other, uh, I think there was uh, someone in a Philly game, or the popcorn or with Russell Westbrook. I don't know if they were saying racial things to Russell Westbrook. It's just, we need to watch out for that. But Kyrie, not this wasn't a race thing. Come on. Right. On a lighter note, I think I saw this meme on Twitter and it had the Celtics logo with a black eye. That's what you're doing to all these fans. You're giving all of them black eyes. And if you try to give us a black eye, we'll we're gonna throw a water bottle at you at least. It's also one of the, it's also one, yeah. It's like he's like, Oh, we're getting we're we're getting mistreated out here. I'm like, dude, you have like five security guards just walking back to the locker room, you're fine. <laughs> You're, you're like a little princess, buddy. You're like... Yeah, and, and Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is about to go out there and just fight him. Like... Because Russell Westbrook is not a baby. End of the Russell time. It's over. Because Russell Westbrook is one of the tough... Russell Westbrook's actually tough. Like, all... And I'm... And I'm I, oh, he's I, one I, of I the toughest care. guys in the NBA. I don't care. If, if, you, if you listen to this podcast, folks, and you want to hate me for hating on all three of them, I call them the three snakes. Durant, Harden, and... And Kyrie, I mean, I didn't hate Harden really till this year, but I think Harden's a bum too. Oh, I don't want to play for the Rockets anymore. The fat Maybe suit. Maybe to Brooklyn. Fat suit? You got a fat suit on, man? <laughs> and Durant, Durant, like, if they win a championship this year, F the, I mean, screw them, man. Like, they, they you, you, you build a super team. You, they, you just got rid of it. Durant left Golden State. You're like, oh. Even Durant and Kyrie, I, it was fine. Like Durant, Kyrie, and Brooklyn. But then you bring in James Harden. You bring in Blake Griffin. You bring in even the Marcus Aldridge before he had that heart issue. It's like, this is what I mean. Like, come on, guys. Like, just, I like the like, – like, it was so nice to see, like, Steph Curry have his own team again. It was so nice to see people, like, carry teams, like, and see who had, like, the best depth. Now it's just who has the best, more superstars again. And I don't like that. It's not uh, how I want – so. But we – you know, if you want to – Oh, there's two, there's two ways bit. that handled it, and you can tell by the way they play. Russell Westbrook will drive on you. He's not going to try to twink those around the, the outside perimeter and catch you a little bit off and shoot in front of you. He's going to put it in your face. Exactly. All over you. And Kyrie is the other way. He'll stay out from you. Stay out. He won't as much drive on you. He'll try to get space. 
Absolutely. And, um, and just the other thing before we get into the draft, I just want to say, um, watching, I've watched hockey playoffs, NBA playoffs, you know, they're always on, they, they always are on the same time. So I'm, unless like the Bruins or the Celtics are on, I'll watch like the full game, but I'll, I'll always change the channels. I'll watch the NBA game. I'll watch an NHL playoff game. And man, I will tell you, and even former Hall of Famer Charles Barkley called, this was like a couple of years ago. On it, he was at an NHL game, and he was just saying NHL playoffs are just so much more tougher. Like I used to play hockey. Yeah, like, I mean, players. Like these hockey players are getting broken noses, broken, losing teeth, getting smashed into the boards at full speed. These guys, and these hockey players are pretty big. There, a lot of them are most of them over or six feet or over. So these hockey players are still pretty big. I mean, at full speed on the ice, these guys are taking hits, getting back on the ice, shift after shift. These basketball players, or like some of them are like like. Not Russell Westbrook, um, not like guys like Kobe Bryant, like guys like that. Charles Brockie was tough. Jordan, those guys were tough. But like even LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, man, stop whining. I mean, God, Lord, good Lord. I watched the game last, the Celtics-Nets game last night, and I have never seen so many fouls called, man. Like, what is this? Like, patty cake? <laughs> Basketball? Like, dude, you, you could even get touched with a finger. You could dab with a finger. It's a foul. I mean – even the announcers of the game, who was announcing the game last night? Uh, was it Chris Weber or one of them? I mean, I mean, again, the NBA was tough 20, 20, 30 years ago, but God, what is the NBA came down to with some of these fouls, man? Like James Harden, does he even know what does he even know what getting touched feels like? Like it, it just makes me want to pull my hair out. Like <laughs> I I I have to all to harden himself. I hope he doesn't know what getting touched feels like. Oh, and that and that man I came out wrong. Oh like, no, wait, wait, he does, he does. does he? Is or is it invisible? Does it invisible? Because <laughs> I feel like half the fouls last night that were caught, he wasn't even getting like, I, I don't think a hand even touched him, dude. I mean, literally. And Kyrie too. I I think I saw one time Kyrie, like Chris Weber was like, "What? He's not a foul." Like, I, and, and the thing is, is like, for, um, what I'm trying to say is, like, my point is, Charles Barkley literally said the hockey players are tough, tougher, and that yeah. hockey play, playoffs are way more balanced, a lot more even. Hockey players are definitely tougher. Way tougher, and. Again, it's just you got knives on your feet. <laughs> I I would like to clarify a comment I made on last episode. Um, let me make this clear. One, I never really watched hockey in my life, but I have been following the playoffs a little bit. Two, I did not mean to say the Flyers. I meant the Islanders. I think <laughs> they have a shot, as well as the Lightning. I. Uh, I don't know why Flyers popped into my head, but I met the Islanders. So yeah, no, we, just wanted to say that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I'm actually watching the Montreal Canadiens Winnipeg Jets game. Canadians are winning th- th- four goals in the first period right now. I'm just looking at the game. And again, it's just it's like playoff hockey, guys. I mean, I'm, I know you guys are bigger basketball fans. That's what the, we've talked more about basketball, but just a little bit about hockey. I mean, playoffs, these playoffs, it just – just way more intensive. The competition, you guys, you know who's going to make the finals. It's Brooklyn versus the Lakers, probably, or Brooklyn versus the Clippers. It's it's just uh, – uh, I don't know about that one. I don't know. Lakers are not looking too hot right now. No, Lakers, uh, are, no, Lakers are losing. They're out. That is true. The Lakers could lose to the Phoenix Suns, and that would make the West a lot more, like, in more interesting, which I – The Mavericks are probably going to beat the Clippers and ruin Paul George's career for the rest of his life. Yeah, I mean, I mean, pandemic. And, and Kawhi's significance. Yeah, mm-hmm. listen, I've, I've been a big Kawhi guy, but, God, Kawhi's last two years in the playoffs, I mean – Non-existent. 
Clippers no, yeah, I, is I, not I, been I, a threat. I'm myself a little bit right now because I will say that both LA teams are in the hole right now. But I do think that's why I'm saying somehow that the Lakers will come back or the Clippers will come back because that's just I don't know. It's just knowing LeBron and knowing La- yeah, Lakers. Like I just I can't see him losing, man. I really LeBron can't. in the playoffs. Like it's LeBron. You can't have that happen. That's just not realistic. All right. Yeah. Now that we got the playoffs out of the way, we got our little rants from our Celtics fans tonight. Uh, I want to get into our final thing today, which is our fantasy draft slash list. Now, today is a little bit different. What's up, Elliot? Are we doing the best positions in sports? No. Let me get into what we're going to be doing today. (laughs) So today's draft, each of us, it is a five-round draft. The order is Ben, Elliot, then myself. It is about the hardest things to do in sports. Each of us will do a snake draft, and we will take the top 15 picks total, and we will then rank them on our own list to decide, you know, what we think as a group is also the hardest thing to do in sports. So... With this being said, Ben, you are now on the clock with the first pick of the draft. So the hardest sport or just to make The hardest it? thing to do in sports. Oh my God, that's a – all right, let's do it. Um, Hardest thing to do in sports. This is going to be really hard. Um, How about just win a title, guys? First thing out there, like any sport, win a title, especially in hockey and – in any sport, baseball, I mean, look, with the amount of teams today and in leagues, you got, what, 32 in hockey, going to be 32 next year in hockey and football. Mm-hmm. You got 30 in baseball and basketball. It's Hard tough, sport. man. I mean. Even I, MLS is adding teams now. And in, in, in Europe, too, you got, you got like, 20 teams in England, um, in, in, in those European leagues. And then you got Champions League with all those high-profile teams. Uh, World mm-hmm. Cup's got 32. T- it is just hard to win in any sport. You know? Yeah, end of story. That's just the hardest thing to do in sports is win it all. So what What about you, Elliot? I think hitting the clutch shot. Hitting the clutch shot. That's a good one. Like Dane Willard yesterday in OT. You clutch it, ten, five seconds left. You have to run in, hit that shot. Whether it's in, in football, you have to throw that Hail Mary. You get a dime. Hockey, you get that sling. I think hitting the clutch shot to win it or even save your your uh, your season is one of the hardest things. Yep. So I have back-to-back picks. So my first one, uh, yeah, winning a title is pretty hard, but winning three in one sweep, is even harder so winning the triple crown is in my opinion the hardest thing to do in sports as i mean you could literally break it down either baseball triple crown nfl stat triple crown like uh, the horse one obviously that was the main one but winning the triple crown is in my opinion the most difficult thing to do and piling on to that The second most difficult thing in my eyes is hitting a 95 mile an hour or above fastball. So if you look at baseball as a whole, 
there is not any other sport where you can have a success rate of 30% and make it to the hall of fame as being one of the best ever. So being able to hit a baseball is clearly up there as one of the hardest things to do in all the sports. So those are my two back-to-back picks. So Elliot, you're on the clock. You're also muted. This guy, unbelievable. I mean, I know what I'm gonna. I mean, I kind of have an idea. But I can wait for this. I only have to talk here. I would say having a successful rookie season and winning a title in your rookie season, and and. Ro- Basically, in any sport, when you're a rookie, you have to prove yourself. And when you're a vet, you just have to make sure that you're still there. When, you, when you're a rookie, making it in the league and staying in the league is one of the hardest things to do in any sport. Um, you have to do all the hitting. You have to do all the shooting. You have to do all the scoring, defending, whatever has to do uh, be done. And you have to prove that you can do anything like that when you first come in the league. Because the turnover ratio for a lot of positions is really quick. A couple of years and you're out of the league. If you're not one of the top contenders, you go back down to the D league or you go back um, down to semi-pro. And you're, next thing you know, you're, you're just you're a semi-decent athlete. So uh, along with um, uh, hitting that clutch shot is being that clutch player for a significant period of time to make, a, make an impact. One of the hardest things, I think. Yeah, all right. So, kind of like, you know, similar to Johnny's point, but how about just being the best in your, in your sport? Um, always being the best in your whole career. That goes to what Ellie was saying about being good your rookie season. But being like someone like Michael Jordan, who was stayed, who stayed, who was probably the best player from when he entered the league to when he retired. Um, Tom Brady is, is another one. Uh, got in the league, won immediately when he first Replace Drew Bledsoe, and he is still arguably the best quarterback in the league just because he was one this year. Um, the man just dominates every year, so I think just being the best at your position every single year, day in and day out, period. Um, and then I have the second, I have the third pick too, right? Mm-hmm. So, ooh, that's gonna be tough. Um, just I don't know. I mean, being the best at your position, I would say, you know what, I'm gonna say to you. How about just making it into um, any league, you know, making it to Formula One, like my friend, like 15 people. That's like one of the hardest things in the world. Making the basketball, you got 12 man roster, man. I mean, the worst guy on an NBA team would still school you in street ball. Mm-hmm. Would absolutely freaking dribble circles around you. Uh, hockey. I mean, I played hockey. I played to get some pretty good players. Those guys wouldn't even make the NHL. And those guys were good to me. Hockey is so hard to make it into. You got to be, because you got, Players from Europe, Russia, all the Scandinavian, Canada, all coming in. Baseball, I mean, all of these sports, it is so hard with all these, especially with the international attention a lot of American sports are getting now. It's so hard to make it into a league, a professional sports league. So you have to be ultra talented to make it. That is a good one. What about you, Elliot? Being a respected player. Now it's one thing to be to have the respect of your your hometown team or 
uh, the team that you're currently on. But there's another whole skill to being respected around the whole league and sports in general. Like Tom Brady, he's respected by mostly everyone because of what he's done. Now, he's hated for it just because people want to be like him. They want to be better than him because they know he's at the top. And nobody wants to be underneath someone. So he receives a lot of hate, but with uh, anything, just garnering enough respect. And as you see with Kyrie, like, he's a really good player. He's, He's a great point guard, but he doesn't have the respect of everyone. He doesn't have the respect of his former teammates. Um, and, and that's something that's hard to do. Same with Kevin Durant in OKC. They hate him because he chased the ring. And what is he doing again? Chasing the ring. Uh, and, but you know what? He'll still go down as one of the best players in history. And But will he be one of the most respected? No. And there are a lot of people that are respected in the leagues that aren't aren't the best players. They're not uh, the most challenging to face against. But also, Tom Brady is hated by people outside New England because I go to Levine. But Tom Brady is at least respected because, like, guys, honestly, what has Tom Brady really said? Like, controversial. Like, you wouldn't, oh, you can say the flake gate. The flake gate. Oh, he kisses his kids. It's like, what? At least he didn't beat his kids, uh, Terry Kill, other AP. Like, an AP gets all this praise. AP beat his kid. An AP gets all this respect from people. Tom Brady never beat his kid. He just showed his kid some love. Maybe in a weird way. I'm not going to say. I'm just saying. Hey, it depends where you're from. In Europe, that's kind of normal. <laughs> not that weird. It's, so, I mean, maybe. But I, I don't want to get into that. But, yeah. Okay. Um, on to my pick, I guess. <laughs> um, how about just making the Hall of Fame, period? Yeah. That's quite literally one of the hardest things to do in sports. For the, I I get well since you're seeing my face. Uh, for those of you who don't know why I keep looking down, I'm typing in the list so that we can rank it after. So that's why I keep looking down. But making it into the Hall of Fame, uh, a select few from each sport have been able to do it. It's not easy at all. You clearly have to be the best at the sport at the time you played it. Um, there's not much else to say other than that for the Hall of Fame. And one of the next ones I wanted to talk about. So there's been over 20,000 Major League Baseball players. And out of that, only four times has there been a 20-strikeout game in the entire history of MLB. So I would say putting or putting together a 20-strikeout game, it, that's definitely up there for what the hardest thing to do in sports is. Like it, Such a small percentage of people have done it. I only four total out of 20,000, but it's, I, that's just so difficult to do. And with the, the way the game's played now, like I hope to see it soon. All right. Uh, Elliot, you're up. I'd say winning a championship as an underdog. Uh, we almost saw the heat do it last year and even the Celtics come back and, and try to win, but it will 90% of the time, the people that win, it's one to four seeds. Usually you never see anything below that, making it, making it past the second round. Uh, I think 
not only winning a championship, but being unfavored to win a championship is uh, obviously a really hard thing because literally the odds are against you. Um, mm -hmm. And you now you always got to try to beat the odds, but that's sometimes really impossible. Yep. All right. Yeah. So um, my last two picks. Okay. So the first being, I'm not, I'm going to go more individual into a, more specifically into sports. How about quarterbacks? Throwing our receivers, catching over four touchdowns a game, or getting over the 20 touchdown mark for receiving touchdowns, and as a QB, throwing over eight over seven touchdowns a game. Has anyone ever seen a QB throw over seven touchdowns a game, seven TDs in a game over an NFL game? No, you haven't. Can you imagine if someone threw over and I think it's gonna happen with Mahomes or something? I mean, throwing eight TDs, it could happen. So just mm -hmm. throwing like more than seven touchdowns a game, like that is hard to do against you know defenses just to be able to go down the field every possession and score um my second being how about um scoring freaking 70 points or 60 points in a game like that, that's also really hard just to kobe scoring 80 like that's that's also really hard that's my second i mean that like somebody's into like, just will putting up 100 points like that's never gonna I, if someone ever breaks that record and i don't know if it's ever gonna happen in our lifetime but God, that is just impressive. <laughs> I don't care if you played in the 60s. That's not common. Kobe and Kobe was the closest to that. He scored 81 in 06. Yeah. But, but that's why I think Kobe, that's what Kobe did that night. was just insane. Insanity at its finest right there. Kobe scoring 81 points in a modern-day NBA game. And, and to be fair, I think the NBA was a lot tougher back in 2006. The defense was a lot more gritty, tougher. That was tough. NBA. That was pretty tough for all you NBA fans out there. That was a tough NBA. Not now. Today is soft. But NBA in 06, you give me Kobe and get 80, 81 points or Jordan 63 against the 86 Celtics. That, to me, right there is a true champ. That, that's just insane. True champion right there. Mm -hmm. My last pick, it's being an Olympic athlete and winning the gold medal. I think, I mean, we're literally facing off against the best athletes in the world. Uh, to right. win. And winning there, so hard to do. Olympic uh, medalist Michael Phelps, one of the best to ever do it. You don't really see swimming go on very often, but how many has he won? A lot. And and swimming is one of the hardest things to do, too. It's a really hard position. Um, but, yeah, just try, trying to win against the best athletes in the world. Even being on like the basketball team for USA, you have to be literally the best in the world because there are other players that play in the US that go and play for other teams uh, in, in the world. And yeah, and now with all this play. international tension, the NBA is getting, or the basketball is becoming more of an international phenomenon. It's going to be even more interesting to see, you know. Mm -hmm. All right, so um, with the final pick of the draft, I'm going to go ahead and take hmm, winning back-to-back -back championships in your sport. Absolutely. Uh, that's literally impossible. There's only a handful of teams that have done it, period, throughout any sport ever. It's so difficult to do. You need to have a great team chemistry to be able to do it. And, yeah, so I think I'm going to take that with the last pick. Uh, unfortunately 
several computers here are about to die. So we will not be able to do the full list. So at the beginning of next episode, we will finish presenting this list and we will then get into our next topics. But Elliot's computer is about to die. So we're going to have to cut it a little Mm -hmm. bit earlier than we would like to. So on that note, thank you for listening or watching, depending on what platform you're seeing this on. Uh, And yeah, hope you have a great day and stay tuned for the next episode. Good night. Thank you, guys. Thank you for watching this week's episode of the Sport Mind Avenue podcast. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on our page. And stay tuned for more of our podcasts and exclusive content in the future.